pick is finally in. With the first pick of the 2014 NFL Draft. With the first selection of the 2018 MLB Draft. With the first pick in the 2003 NBA Draft. Now for the reason we're all here. We have some business to do. Welcome to episode 15 of the First Pick Podcast. This is our week four NFL preview. We're recording this on Wednesday, September 25th. I'm feeling excited about this week. Really excited because I know my Jets can't lose because we're on a bye. (laughs) You know where to find me by now. My name is Vinny Goombots. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, at V-I-N-N-Y-G-O-O-M-B-O-T-S. And you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The First Pick Pod. Big Kev, where could they find you and where could they listen to us at? At BiggestBoss76 on Twitter and Instagram. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Apple iTunes. Unfortunately, PodCoin has died. Yeah, it's no it longer a, it's a big app. hoax. Yeah, <laughs> it was a uh, Trojan horse. Yes, it's gone. So. If you guys don't know the reference of Trojan horse, read the book. All right, I read that when I was in like fourth grade. <laughs> or you could watch the movie Troy. Oh uh, yeah, well that was a good one. I, I used to do that a lot when I was younger too. If there was a movie, I used to do a book report on a book that was a movie, so I didn't have to read the book. <laughs> so that would have been one I would have did, but Troy wasn't out when I was a kid, so I actually had to read that book, Trojan Horse. Check it out, Trojan Horse. It's a good tactic to do to get some uh, sorcery and trickery on somebody but anyway are you trying to pull out sorcery on people i am yeah i am it's, it's trade season i'm trying to make trades in fantasy football so i i am trying to pull pull some sorcery on people here and real fast so you can't use podcasts and uh pod coin anymore but we also we just put in for stitcher uh, not Stitcher. We didn't oh. do that one. We did Google Play. Google Play, my bad. We did a Google Stitcher Play podcast. Wants some, Stitcher wants some bread from us. I ain't trying to cough nothing up right now. All right. So we'll be on Google Play soon enough. So for all your Android users and, of course, Apple, we already got you. So go ahead. Let's get it moving, bro. Week four NFL preview. Here we go. First up, Redskins at Giants. The total on the game, 49 and a half. And the Giants are minus three. How you feeling about these boys, Vince? Uh, Redskins sitting at 0-3, Giants at 1-2. and um, My first instinct here is I'll take, I take the points with the Redskins. You know what I mean? When I first look at this, because divisional games, uh, I like to get some points. I always feel like they're going to be close. But, you know, the, the, the buzz around the Big Apple right now is all about Danny Dimes. And uh, although I think that that guy is good, we've said this before, this team can – literally turn their season around at this point right now with a win. So this is a tough game for me as far as picking a, a side or a total here. Um, I lean towards the under because I don't see how um, New York is going to score many points without Saquon. There's no threat there, in my opinion, aside from airing the ball out. That would get me to think that there would be a lot more points scored. So uh, initially, before I get to anything, I'm going to stay away from this game. I lean towards... The Redskins with the points, uh, only because of no Saquon, and I think they're going to be hungry. But then again, I like the Giants, the rejuvenation with Danny Dimes, and one win away, this team is back to 500. Divisional games are tough. I don't like the total. I don't have a side. What do you got, Big Kev? 
I guess for this game, the thing that I I would like the over, quite honestly, because okay. even last week they, they had to air it out and they put up 31 points. He was stuck. They, he was most of the game without Saquon. It came down to Ingram and Sterling and Jones getting the ball down the field. Also, Slayton came in and had a night. A Darius nice, Slayton, yeah, he, look, he looks good. That boy's fast. So. He did. He has some good stuff going on here, and both of these defenses seem to be a, a struggle. They have, they have a struggle. We both liked the Redskins earlier in the year, but it's turning out that that defense, especially with that offense, not really. And some days they actually have helped him because they did start out to a 20 zero lead on the Eagles and the defense gave all of that back but uh, it's hard to pick on this one it's a it's a divisional game but based off of what I've been seeing and now without Saquon it's mm. like a pick them it seems it, it almost it almost is and, and to give you guys uh, some insight out there if you're if you're not aware three points is generally home field advantage so what's saying here is that uh, Vegas odds makers are valuing this game at a pick them they just give you points for home field advantage uh, depending on your your home field. So in this case, uh, not a big travel spot for Washington. They played at home on Monday, a little bit of a shorter week. It's just it is a, it is a coin flip. It's just that the you know the the Giants are at home, so that's that's where you get those three points. So anytime you see a spread where the the home team is minus three, initially it's a pick 'em right. because they're giving they give you that for home field, give or take. Some teams have two, two and a half for their home field advantage, depending on you know how good the other team is. Now, where that line gets skewed is how good is the other team. You know what I'm saying? Like if this, I, that's what it comes down to. For if me. the Giants were a little bit better, if Saquon's in this game, I think the Giants are minus four and a half, maybe four, give or take. Uh, Saquon to me is worth about a point, point and a half, maybe even two. Uh, and that's where you know the game would change. And I guess for me, when it comes to a pick'em like this, I'm going to take the team that I feel has the better players. If I'm going to take I it, I don't want to at all. I'm yeah, not no. going to at all. But if I had to, I would take the Giants because I feel like overall they have better players. I think Daniel Jones and Case Keenum will x themselves out. You still have Vernon Davis as the starting tight end. There's no Reed. Uh, McLaren has been great, wonderful actually. Like he looks like Scary he is a Terry. Tr- yes, he looks like he is a true number one guy. He does, yeah, but. Uh, I'm taking the Giants in this game if I have to take somebody. Any any other fantasy relevance that you like from this game? Yeah, I mean, I think that Christian Thompson and, and AP. I know AP didn't have a good game last game, but don't forget they were playing the Bears defense. Okay, right. That's the, arguably the best defense in the league. Uh, Christian Thompson still had a decent game, although he had one of those meaningless catches at the end of the game that he ran for like 30-something yards, which you know got him over that double-digit point threshold. But I think... You know, Thompson holds a lot of value because he's the pass catcher. And it takes him to break one tackle to peel off a 30-yard run that could change, you know, your fantasy outlook. Um, and if he gets in the end zone, that's another thing. If the Skins could get down in the red zone and pound the rock with AP, I think there's points to be scored there. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I like the Giants wide receivers. You know, Sterling, Sterling Shepard, he had a great game. And I know a lot of people going to be point chasing and be like, oh, this guy's back. I could start him now. <laughs> and maybe you can. We don't know yet. It's a one-game sample size. I, I think so. Yeah. I, don't, I started Sterling early, and he was good in the first game of the season, and then he got hurt in the yeah. second game, but we'll see. But I think he is a, a clear, uh, hands-down, a flex option and a borderline receiver, too. And I think Daniel Jones could be started, depending on your quarterback situation. If you're the Drew Brees owner, if you're you know um, one of the many starting running uh, one of the many starting quarterbacks that you might have had that got hurt. Maybe right. you're the Cam Newton owner. I'm not sure. Maybe you have a bad matchup. If you have Jimmy G and he's on a bye week, you could start Daniel Jones because they're not going to be running the ball a lot. 
they're going to be slinging it. And that means a lot. It could be a lot of points in the air. So I like all the Giants receivers, even, you know, in our deeper league in the 16 team, if I'm in a jam, I'll even look to Darius Slayton because you can get eight to eight to 10 points from that guy. So uh, Giants wide receivers, not a bad start. Obviously Sterling Shepard and 100%, there'd be no doubts that you would start Evan Ingram in this game. I like him. I like him a lot this week. Um, he I would don't be see one any week where I'm sitting Evan Ingram. I have him in, in one league and I have no, I have no qualms about starting him against everybody. Even if he went up against the number one team against the tight end, I'm never sitting him unless he's on his bye week. And that is it. Anything else you got on this game? Um, no. Uh, if, we're, if we're taking the team to win the game, I'm taking the Giants. If I'm taking the team with the spread, I'm taking the Redskins. And uh, that right there kind of tells me I don't want no parts of this game. <laughs> right. What about you? I agree. I can't. I have nothing else to add. I agree 100%. Next up, the 3-0 Kansas City Chiefs versus the 2-0-1 Detroit Lions. The total, 54, and the Chiefs, minus 6.5. What do you got? Um, Well, this game opened up at Detroit getting six points, and it's already taken up. Obviously, the Chiefs are... They're always going to get the money. You know what I'm saying? When I when I mean that is mean people are going to bet on them. And I think a lot of people don't believe in Detroit yet. Um, mm. This is I'm going to put a disclaimer out there, people. This is a tough week. I look at you know uh, this is the the first thing I do on Monday is start looking at lines, and then Tuesday when they're released, that's when I'm all that's when I'm all in on it. And uh, you know I play in a a contest. Uh, well, I'm, I'm practicing to play in a contest. So. In that contest, I, I have to pick five games against the spread, and I have to pick them. I also play in multiple pick'em leagues. People out there, you might play in pick'em leagues as well, so you have to pick every team. So it, it, it forces me to pick a side on every game, even though as far as my wagers would be for the week, I might stay away from it. And this is a game where I lean towards the Lions, but I will never bet against the Chiefs, if that makes any sense. It makes a lot of um, sense. I think the Lions are going to surprise people. I, I'm I'm the first guy they're surprising. I was calling them Detroit Kitty Cats, and now I'm calling them the Lions. I'm giving them a little bit of credit. And even if they lose this game, I'm still going to give them credit because of what they've done so far. Um, this is the Chiefs. This is one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, and I don't see how Matt Patricia can slow down this, this, this offense. Keep in mind, two years ago when the Patriots opened up on Thursday Night Football against the Chiefs. It was Mahomes' second ever career start because going back three years now, guys, when Alex Smith was with the Chiefs, Mahomes was on the bench. Right. Mahomes started that last game because the Chiefs had the division locked up. Yes. So that was technically Mahomes' first start, but it was a game that really didn't matter. In his first real start, second career start, he played the New England Patriots, and that's when we found out who this team was. Right. That's when Tyreek Hill was born. Kareem Hunt, Patrick Mahomes, they and they smoked they surprised everybody and beat the Patriots. Matt Patricia was a defensive coordinator for that team. That was his last year there, and then he went on to Detroit the, the, the year following. Right. So I think Andy Reid knows just what to do with Matt Patricia and his defense. And we already know that this team is hard to stop. I can't pick against the Chiefs. I can't do it because they're so good. But I think that the Lions will have something up their sleeve here. I feel like this one might hit the over. And then the last, t- last game that... Darius Slay is the best cornerback for them. Mm-hmm. He got worked against the Chargers. Keenan Allen ate him alive, and he actually winded up getting an interception at the end of the game to lock the game down so they can beat that. But that had more to do with the Chargers. 
if Keenan Allen's going to do that to you, I have a hard time seeing uh, them being able to stop the Chiefs in any sort of significant way. But I do believe that the Detroit Lions can score. They can put some points up on the board. They have very good receivers. They have uh, Carryon Johnson, who's averaging 1.8 yards a carry. Ain't worry about that. Uh, oh, that's not that's not useful actually. But um, actually, let me get back to it. But even so. I don't know. And then Matt Stafford is always good for a few picks, but also Kansas City struggles on defense. They give up 409 yards a game. And like, they have know, the 18th rated defense against the running back. So carry on Johnson will be just fine. Oh, just oh, fine. Oh, okay. He'll be just oh, oh, fine there. I didn't know. You keep rubbing I, in I, your I, carry I on to, Johnson. I just wanted to add in, add in that tip. Well, we're in, talking about matter. the Lions. It, it's, okay. it was relevant. That's fine. Keep talking you about You know, we weren't even Johnson. talking about it's it. Oh, good. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. But Kansas City's giving up 200, they give up 409 yards total and total yards, but they give up 271 yards a game. Detroit's giving up 286. I'm with you. I don't want to talk too much about it because I, I just think Kansas City wins this game one way or another. I don't see how Detroit stops this team from winning this weekend. And it, I feel like it's going to hit the over, is my guess. Yeah, I mean, I can't see. Here's the thing I can't take, I won't bet against the Chiefs, and I can't take unders with the Chiefs involved. They've hit the over in. Two of their first three games, uh, aside from the Oakland game, and that was the one game I actually bet the over on uh, with them, and I got nothing in the second half. They scored 38 points in the first half. Total on that game was 53. I'm in good shape. 38 points. I need two more scores, and they get nothing in the second half. Right. Um, And this would be the game where I'd say, oh, okay, over, and then they'd, they'd hit the under again. But the Lions have went under in eight of their last 11 games. So that's something to keep an eye on, too. This this team is sneakily good on defense. Granted, they played an injury-ridden Eagles team. So you could take that into account there. There's sure. a lot of angles here that just makes me want to stay away from this game. I always lean towards the points, especially a home dog. You know what I mean? That that makes that makes sense here. This will be the first time the Lions would be three and zero in a long time, and you know, obviously they got the tie in there, three zero and one. But you're still an undefeated team, so there's gonna there's gonna be some guys fired up there. And uh, the the Chiefs' defense is nothing scary, uh, but the Chiefs' offense is very high powered. I lean towards the under here, but I'm never gonna take an under with the Chiefs. Right. Uh, I just can't seem to do it. As far as you know, fantasy relevance. I mean, come all on. The Chiefs. You start all the Chiefs. There's not. There's I think a li- you start all the Lions. You, you could. Yeah, Including carry yeah, everybody. Everyone. Like, there's nobody. I think everybody's going to have a chance. I have Stafford in the listener league, and I, I have no qualms about him playing this game. He'll get me uh, 15 to 20 points, no problem. Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson. I think you start everybody. There's I, not a guy on this team I, I wouldn't. You know, the, the defense on both sides is, is shaky, except with. Darius Slay, but who's he going to be on? If he's on Hardman, that means Robinson's going to be balling. That means Kelsey's going to be balling. Yep. And that means Watkins is going to be. Who, who's Darius Slay is one guy, so he might shut down that one guy. And it depends on who that one guy is because them boys got nothing but speedsters over there. Yep. So uh, I could see the points galore here, but the, the, the Lions are, are going to have something up their sleeve. And I'm saying that, or they get smoked. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this is a, another stay away from me. Again, guys, this is a tough week here, but I, I lean lines and lean the under. And usually that correlates when you have the under and the underdog because you're assuming that there's going to be less points in the game. So if there's less points in the game, that means the team that already has the points will potentially cover the spread. Absolutely. If this takes upwards to seven, um, it would be more enticing. If for some reason it goes to seven and a half, 
Uh, I like the Lions a little bit more there. I don't feel comfortable with seven at all. Uh, I'm with you, though. The Chiefs win this game one way or another. I don't know what to do. I think it, it will hit the over. I, I wouldn't be comfortable with seven. I don't know. No, I'm saying seven and a half. Oh, oh yeah. you think the hook would that would even make you feel? I would, would even feel would. Com- with these. They're so scary. You no, know? I, I understand. You know, it's like again, no number makes again, you feel good. Yeah, no, I got you. Then again, this is a stay away game for me. I'm, right. I'm not. Uh, do I think the Chiefs pull it out? Yeah. But I could see I could see the Lions covering this spread. They've surprised us. So there far. was a streak there. I want to say it was two years ago where Matt Stafford had like I think it was actually it was 2017, so it was two years ago. And he I, I I'm this is something I, I might have to fact check. In 2017, I think Matt Stafford had like six or seven fourth quarter comebacks. So if that I'm I'm using that to say that he might have a fourth quarter cover. Not a comeback, but a fourth quarter cover. Understood. You know, so this might be a game where they're down by two scores and they need to score and get the two point conversion. But if they score, they get the cover. Right. That's a game. That's a game I could see this going down with. But I, um, I like that view a lot. I agree with that view a lot. He didn't. They never give up. They always fight, yeah. even when they've been the worst. I watch the Lions a lot, given I'm a Packers fan. So uh, Matt Stafford is always in the game, and he has the arm to sling it anywhere he wants. Anything else you got on this game? Nope. Next up, the one and two Tennessee Titans at the one and two Atlanta Falcons. The total 45 points, Atlanta minus four. What do you got? Initially, I gave out a trend on our recap episode. And uh, in the last 12 AFC opponents, the Falcons are 0 and 12 straight up against those teams. So uh, that's that's a little uh, scary. Significant. Yeah, if you're a Falcons backer here. Um, Falcons giving points at home to Tennessee. Tough. Uh, I, I also said before in our recap, I made a new rule with myself, and uh, I will never bet on or against a Marcus Mariota Titans team. Last week he looked like dog poop, and this week he'll come out and look like Joe Montana. That's just what he does. I don't like the total because I respect the Titans' defense, and I don't think Atlanta's defense is all that good, especially losing Keanu Neal again, one of their best players on defense. I just don't know what what's going to happen on either side of the ball here. This is another stay-away game for me. And listen, people, this, this is going to happen throughout the season. And if you're in the spot where you feel like you have to force yourself to make a wager – there's a phone number out there you can call. One eight hundred. Call somebody because yeah. I can't stop spending money. Exactly. <laughs> and if you feel like you really, you really can't make a wager. If you feel like you really have to make a wager, I'm not sitting here advocating for Gamblers Anonymous, but I would say, why don't you call a buddy, uh, an exercise bet, something like Kevin and I, we have a dinner bet. You know, do something like that. So you, you want to have some skin in the game. That's cool. But so far, we've gone through three games, and I don't have a good feel on either of them. Now, there are some I do like, but this is one I don't. Fantasy relevance, though. How you feeling about this one, though, Kev? Um, I'm sitting Devontae Freeman this week for Marlon Mack. The, the Tennessee defense is ridiculous. But I will say, though, looking at these teams statistically, they kind of look the same. Pass yards allowed, 211. Uh, Atlanta a little bit more with 221. Rush yards allowed for the defense, 119. Atlanta, only 100. They actually have a better run defense than Tennessee, which I would not expect. And rush yards, uh, rushing yards, 112, obviously, with Derrick Henry there. There's just a lot of similarities in, in the statistics and the way this is bearing out. And based off of what you said there, it, yeah, it's a stay away. It's a divisional game. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be. It's not, not divisional. NFC and AFC. Oh, I said that earlier. I thought it's it was division. Good. I said AFC South. Yeah, I, I, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. It's not the AFC South. Said, it's two. It's an NFC South and AFC, AFC South. South. Yeah, that, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. got confused about that. All I apologize. Good. All good. But 
Either way, fantasy relevance, I think receiver-wise, I'm starting everybody on the Falcons. I am going to stay away from the backfield of Atlanta. Okay. And then Derrick Henry, of course. I feel like you can start uh, Derrick Henry at all times. Yeah. Delaney Walker at all times. And as far that's, as this that's team it for this offense. Nothing that's, else. Yeah, because you don't know what's going to happen there. Now, I just got a, a question and a curiosity here. You're benching Devontae Freeman. Yeah. Hmm. But I think, I think he'll do better than carry on Johnson. But better, okay. if I have four running backs, I have Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley, okay. and Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is going up against Oakland. Shows, who, who would you who would shows you start? Your confidence in that in that guy. It well, shows my I wouldn't intelligence. Start, it shows I wouldn't my start Devonta Freeman any way how because he has burned me in the past. So all right, I'm so not going to answer that question. Well, because well, then you're biased. <laughs> you're biased towards I am biased. him. Yes, you're I am. biased towards I'll, him. I'll admit that. You, and there's no way in hell if you had Devontae Freeman, you'd be starting him against the Tennessee Titans if you have a Marlon Mack going up against Oakland, I agree. Oakland Raiders No, I'm just weekend. busting chops. I, I, I understand yeah. that. No, yeah. I agree there. Um, overall, though, with this game, you know, we said it. Start Derrick Henry. Start Delaney Walker. I mean, even if you got Tennessee receivers, they they should be on your platooned on your bench. There's no guy out there that shows any relevance aside from a small smidge of a guy that me and Kev like, and that's Adam Humphreys, and he's not even ready yet. This might be the game where he, you know, might Last week I don't want to say one. break out. I'm not gonna say break out, but you could show where he might be relevant in the PPR game. Um, I side with the with the Tennessee Titans with the points just because I said I like to side if I if I if I have a team getting points getting a little bit more than a field goal here, um, so I do side with them and then I have that that major trend there that that basically the Falcons haven't beaten an AFC team in twelve tries. Uh, again, I am that guy that likes to buck to trend and say, here comes that one win. Right. I'll take the Titans and they'll get smoked. So this is the game I stay away from, but. Um, we, we have to pick a side in total on every game. Not a total, but we have to pick a side because I play in a pick em league where I have to. Gun to my head, I'm taking the Titans plus the four points, but I'm not opening up my wild to make a wager on this game. Who do you got, Kev? I'm going to go with Atlanta. When it comes down to games like these, I go with the teams that I think have better players. I think Atlanta has the better players on offense, and the name of the game is scoring. So I would take Atlanta in this game straight. I'm talking about money line, no no points. No, if, no, no if, I had, if I had to go with the – even if I had to go with the points, they're playing at home, they're in a dome, I'm taking Atlanta. Okay. Anything else on this game, Vince? Nope. All right. Next up. The one and two Carolina Panthers at the two and one Houston Texans. The total, 46 and a half. Texans minus four. What do you got, Vince? Um, I like Houston. I like Houston a lot in this spot. Uh I just think that the Panthers and Kyle Allen were able to expose how bad the Arizona Cardinals defense is. We all slept on how bad. Breaking news, it looks like running back Melvin Gordon is talking about coming back to the team this week. That was reported by Adam Schefter this morning. It looks like looks like here on NFL Network, it might be this week. So watch out for those of you with Austin Eckler out there, man. Yeah, also, uh, you know... If that if there's if there if you're one of the Melvin Gordon owners out there and you you're not like in your spot right now as far as uh, where you're sitting in fantasy, this might be a good spot to potentially sell him if he doesn't come back this week. You're getting a lot of extra value. Um, you could prey on teams that are really looking for a running back, or you know, obviously hold him. You drafted him for a reason. You think he's going to come and play. He's a game changer. He's arguably top five. 
definitely top 10 in my opinion. Absolutely. You know, uh, 100% top 10, but arguably top five running backs in the league. And yeah, if you're Austin Eckler owner like myself, that definitely uh, decreases some value that you have for, for him there. Um, but I think we've seen this story before. We saw this with Le'Veon Bell last year. He said he was coming back, and then he wasn't coming back. And I think there's a little herky-jerky there with this team. But the the Chargers are seeing now that they're not as good as they thought they were without him. And uh, maybe they need to work out this uh, this contract issue. There was a lot more drama, though. I feel like this is straight business. Last year, it was not straight business for Le'Veon Bell. The offensive line was talking. He said this. He said that. There was a lot of drama involved with that last year. I feel like this is just straight up business. When he's ready to come back, he wants to make sure he gets that full six six and a half million dollars this year. But let's keep it moving. How are you, how are you feeling about this Carolina and Houston game? So again, I like Houston a lot. I think Carlos Hyde and uh, Duke Johnson are going to be able to uh, make it happen. If it makes any sense, combined, if I, if they can morph into one running back. Uh, I would, that would be a great fantasy <laughs> asset, but uh, that's not that's not obviously not going to happen. They're going up against the 27th rated defense against the run, so I think that they could have a decent game here. Um, the Texans will light it up, in my opinion, um, on offense here. Even against the the good pass defense with the uh, the Panthers, I think so, man. I'm, okay. I'm really just looking at some numbers here, and I just think that everyone was out on the Panthers that the Cardinals weren't ready. They're not a good team. They're really not good on defense, and the Panthers were able to execute on that. If they get you know CMC involved, that, that's going to be a big factor. However, the Texans are fourth against the run. They're going to game plan for CMC, and they're going to let this kid throw to rock. Now, as far as the Texans' pass defense, that's not the best thing out there for them. But I think that you know that was a game where Kyle Allen was able to shine because the Cardinals' defense is just not good. How do you feel about that? And, and I I hear you on that, but and while they do have a pretty good run defense, I don't think that lasts for too long. You have J.J. Watt. I don't think they – I think we underestimate the loss of Jadavian Clowney, and I still think CMC is still going to be able to get up in them uh, during this game. He's going to be able to break a few on them despite some of that because then you could kind of focus on J.J. Watt. At one point when you have both of those boys coming at you, last year they led the league in, in per rush at 3.1 yards per carry. We talked about it in one of our – divisional breakdowns they were really good together as far as starting stopping the run was concerned but i'm with you kyle allen showed if you're gonna make him throw the ball he can, he can throw the ball he can <laughs> sling it and it's not really it doesn't it's kind of weird because they're so good against the run the texans but they're terrible against the pass so they would be inviting a guy that just threw for oh uh, what for kyle allen? allen i think it was only 261 no for okay. four touchdowns it was 261 for four touchdowns. Yes, okay. You you say only. 261 yards is a lot in my opinion, but I, I could be I, – I guess I, Not in today's NFL. No, you're right. You're right. I'm used to I'm used to piss poor quarterbacks for my Jets, so I get 150 yards. I'm like, woo. Uh, but four touchdowns, man, they're going to try to get this kid to throw the ball, and I don't think that's really the best game plan for Bill O'Brien. I mean, uh, again, I've told you guys many times I'm not really a big Bill O'Brien fan, um, but I, I, I just can't take the – enough points here with Carolina there's not if I'm not getting a touchdown or close to it I'm not comfortable and I I could see the Texans winning this game by six maybe 26 to 20 something like that the Panthers are going to score the Texans are going to score 
I say 26 to 20, and the total sits right at 46. Uh, I, I want to go over here. I really do. Okay. But the last two games for the Texans have went under. You know, their only over came against the Saints, and that was really because the Saints could light it up at any given time. The Panthers just put up 30-something points. So so can Houston, though. They, yeah. were, they were smoking those boys. You had, you had Kenny Stills there for the Well, what they thought at the time was the game-winning touchdown. Will Fuller went big in that game. That that was like that game was like crack. Oh, you know, that was such a good game, man. I couldn't get but away that was from two it. Games ago, and they've hit right. two unders, uh, you know, the last two games. So, this is a, a tough side on the total. I lean towards the over, and um, I do like Houston minus the four, four and a half. Uh, I'm not opening up my wallet, but that's going to be the side that I take. Uh, Houston, how about you? Uh, I'm with you on Houston. I I have no problem with taking Houston and having Kyle Allen proving me wrong, but it's going to take Kyle Allen proving me wrong for me to mm-hmm. think that Carolina is going to win this game when you have Deshaun Watson on the field. But if they get the pressure that they – we all know Deshaun Watson takes a beating. He takes a behind kicking every week, and he still comes out and wins games for these guys. If they get the proper pressure and Carolina can get CMC going, they have a real chance. But I'm still going to stick with the Houston Texans for this game. Next up, the one and two. Los Angeles Chargers at the 0-3 Miami Dolphins. The total is 44, and the Chargers minus 16. <laughs> man, these big old spreads, man, with these teams. What do you got at Vinny Goombats? So, Chargers opened up at minus 16 and a half. It's already down a half a point. I know some people look at that and are like, that doesn't mean anything, but it does. Um, that means people are putting money on to Miami already. Uh, I won't back Miami in this situation. I probably won't ever back them uh, all season. But I ain't laying 16 points with a 1-2 and two Chargers team on the road. Uh, although I think they do play better on the road than they do at home because I, I gave out that trend on our recap episode that the Chargers are 11-22 and 22 against the spread um, in L.A. No way I could lay 16 points with that team. They haven't impressed me much. I don't care if Melvin Gordon comes back on the day of the game. I'm not laying 16 points with this team. (laughs) But I'm not taking the Dolphins either. Uh, Anytime there's a big spread like this uh, with a game where I see one team blowing another one out, I like to go to the under. So far, the last two games the Dolphins have went under is because they can't score any any points whatsoever. If the Dolphins can score a touchdown and a field goal, I think the game goes over. But I don't think they could even muster that up there. What do you think about this game, Kevin? Chargers win. Start all their players in fantasy. Don't start anybody on the Miami Dolphins except Preston Williams. That's it. Yeah, we're never going to really spend much um, on games against the Dolphins other than to discuss the spread. Um, And most of the time, their spread is going to be astronomical. 16 doesn't seem much considering they were laying 20-something to the Cowboys and 19 to the Patriots. But uh, this is a game where if I were to take a wager, and like I said, I have to pick a side um, in a pick pool. I'm actually going to take the Dolphins with the points, but there's no way on God's green earth I'm going to open my wallet and bet that. Uh, I'm with you on that. I don't really have anything else for these guys. Do you? No, no. Again, people, we're not going to spend much time on Dolphins games because this team is bad, and we already know who's going to win. It's the other side. The, whatever team they're playing is going to win. It's just a matter of um, how much will they win by. Uh, and in this case, I don't know if 16 is enough for me. I could see it being a 17-point game and just getting there. 
something like that. But uh, I don't it. know. I, the only thing I will say, the, the only thing I noticed from them the last time I played, he has them playing with effort. A lot of times, I feel like that says a lot about Brian Flores, who is the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. They really stifled the Dallas Cowboys there in the first half. Obviously, they wanted up losing 31-6. to I get it. But it, there is something about a head coach being able to get his players to play hard when they know that the team sold all of their best players and they're the only ones left. So I think that means something, but that's all I got for this game. That's it. Keep it moving. Next up, 3-0 and New England Patriots at the 3-0 and Buffalo Bills. The total on the game, 42.5, and, and the Patriots, minus 7. What do you got? Yeah, New England minus 7. Sign me up. Buffalo Bills, 3-0, and fake news. You are fake news. This is the, the fakest undefeated team there is. Your organization's terrible. Your organization's terrible. Let's go. I just, uh, I, be- I don't know. I think they give them a hard time. <laughs> Am I telling you? <laughs> and I think they give them a hard time because they're not at home. So I think they're going to have, I think it's going to be a tougher day than we expect. And I think the Bills cover in this game. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think, think it's keep- a, yeah, I don't think it's a blowout. I'm not going to say that. Right. But, but I, I think, but I think that seven, I, I, I would feel good taking that seven in Buffalo. Now, if this was in New England, it's very hard to take anybody against New England in New England. They play wonderful there. They're always very good. But um, as far as fantasy is concerned, I am probably staying away from the Patriots. And if I have a Patriot, I don't know if I want to mess with them in this game. Obviously, somebody's going to score, but it's not going to be one of those games where they're going to be able, everybody's going to get it. Everybody's going to be able to eat, kind of like you see the the Kansas City Chiefs do. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know. As far as the Bills are concerned, their backfield, uh, Singletary is not practicing today. They already said that. The odds are he's probably not going to play. Frank Gore is going to still be your lead back. The Patriots, like we said in earlier podcast this week, the Patriots are number one in all categories, whether it be rushing, passing, and total defense. It is skewed. They played the Miami Dolphins. That's something that Vince uh, brings up. But I still like the Bills plus seven. I want you people to take notice of something here. And then this could be a different, it could be very different lines at different shops. But sometimes this gets done in, in the betting market. And right now, the New England Patriots are sitting at minus seven, minus 120. That's something you have to keep your eye on. Now, some people might not understand what that means. That means that if you were to take the Patriots minus the 7, you wouldn't be laying the standard minus 110. You'd be laying 120. So if you would like to win $10, you'd have to wager 12, and you're still getting the points. So you would still have to win by more than 7, and you would be laying $12 to win 10, 120 to win 100, so on and so forth. And you'll see that sometimes because instead of giving the Bills that extra hook and keeping that 110, they're going to up the vig or the juice in this situation so that tends to happen sometimes where real fast vince can mm-hmm. you just give a, a quick refresher for anybody who may not know what the vig or the juice is so the vig and the juice is what you pay um to use a sports book and or bookie or some online offshore sports book account um basically they they take your action what that means is they are they take whatever you want to bet whether you like the underdog, the favorite, the money line, whatever. So in order for their services, they have to have some slight edge. And that's that $0.10 cents and or $10 in that instance where you never bet 100 to win 100 It's always minus money when you're taking a straight bet. So in this case, most spreads are minus 110 with a spread sport like basketball or football. Spread sports mean teams with a point spread. Moneyline sports are hockey and baseball. All you do is to pick the winner. 
In this in this situation, the Patriots are minus seven. Every other game is with a spread minus one ten. But this situation is minus one twenty. It's favoring the Patriots a slight bit, and that's because they're probably a few more bets away before they make this a seven and a half point spread. And the reason being they're not doing that right now is because the Bills at home with seven and a half points is a little bit more enticing. And I know people out there are they're probably still not convinced that that half a point means anything. I'm waiting. Yeah, but it, it does. It does mean a lot. Because what you're essentially saying is you need two scores. You're not thinking the like a touchdown is seven points. You're going you could lose this game by the hook. The Patriots could win this game, you know, thirty seven to thirty. And you lose if you take the Patriots. They need to get two scores in order for you to cover the spread with just that little minuscule half a point that you think is irrelevant. It isn't. Um, In this case, I think the Patriots can win by 10, give or take. I don't believe in the Buffalo Bills just yet. I think they're a good team, but they're not good enough to beat the Patriots even at home. Although, I do hope they do win because these are two teams I can't stand, and I can't stand the Patriots more than the Bills. <laughs> Understood, man. I really don't have anything else. If you do have want to start a receiver for the Bills, I would go with Cole Beasley. Uh, he's the only viable receiver there until Josh Allen gets better. Like I said, John Frank- Brown's been doing okay, but he, I don't think he does okay there. in this situation with the Patriots defense. So I'd agree no. with you there. And then the Patriots take away the other team's best weapon. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be attacking Josh Allen at a rate that is ridiculous, mm-hmm. is my guess, because he is their best player on offense. I guess you can argue Frank Gore, I guess, a little bit. But yeah. I, Josh Allen is the engine that runs this car. So they're going to be getting after him. And uh, I don't have anything else, man. Do you uh, have anything else? I'm just going to say I, I think the Patriots win this game uh, easily. Not It's not going to blow out. But I mean easily as far as it'll be a two-score game. There okay. might be a point in time where maybe Buffalo scores first and you're a little you know, worried if you're a Patriots backer. But um, Patriots easily win this game. The Bills haven't played anybody real yet. Um not that the Patriots have either, but they did play the Steelers. But it's a bad indication because we don't know who's who yet. Now that I think about it, the Patriots played all the games that Patriots played were all 0-3 teams. But they blew all of them out by right. multiple points. So, Which is what you're supposed to do if you play 0-3 absolutely teams. Absolutely right. So, uh, you know, and as far as Patriots on fantasy, you know, obviously you start Tom Brady. We don't know what's up with Edelman yet. He's questionable, but he'll probably wind up playing. And if he plays, you always start Edelman. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Gordon's going to be good. And now you even have uh, Dorsett. Philip Dorsett's playing well, too. So he might be an option for you as well. Um, by now, you guys know how I feel about Patriots running backs. It, it, it just got even more murky with Rex Burkhead playing now. You get a little bit of Brandon Bolden. I'm so glad that I'm not involved in this Patriots running back carousel. And if you are, I don't know. I feel bad for you. But um, that's what I got for the Patriots side. And as far as the Bills go, Frank Gore and and Cole Beasley. And Beasley is just, you got to keep in mind, Beasley is a PPR option. If for some odd reason you don't play in a PPR league, I wouldn't start Cole Beasley. He's useless. Yeah. So um, that's that's all I got with this one. Patriots win and cover. Uh, As far as the total goes, I got no play there. What about you? Bills cover. That's it. Okay. Next up, Oakland Raiders, one and two at the two and one Indianapolis Colts. The total, 45 and the Indianapolis Colts favored minus seven. What do you got? So initially, I love the Colts in this situation. Um, the Raiders play seven games at 1 p.m. Eastern time, which is really bad. They've already done it twice. Um, and another game in London versus the Bears, weeks three through eight. 
They play five times in this time slot. There should be a lot of value on the other team, so to say. Uh, it, it worked out like that last week. They got smoked by 20. This is another spot where I see the Colts winning easily. However, this all depends on if T.Y. Hilton plays or not. If T.Y. Hilton plays, which he usually tends to play hurt a lot, I definitely love the Colts in this situation. If he doesn't play... I still think the Colts win. However, do I think the Raiders can cover this on a backdoor cover? And what a backdoor cover means for uh, people out there that don't know, a backdoor cover is where this game is completely out of hand. Maybe um, the Colts are winning by like 13 and you're covering the spread. And then there's that last two-minute drive where Derek Carr is just slinging it all over the place just to try to catch up for some last grasp no point help and he wants they wind up scoring a touchdown and they cover the game even though it's meaningless to the actual game because right. Indianapolis would get the ball back with like 19 seconds left and the only way that Oakland could even get the ball is an onside kick and then a Hail Mary <laughs> I say all these things because that's the only way possible but you have to tell those guys and I say you have to I mean like John Gruden a coach in that situation if you're down 13 with a minute and 40-something seconds left on the clock. Theoretically, you can't win that game. But you still have to get those guys out there and say, listen, let's score quick, let's get the onside kick, and then we'll get it from there. It's very, very rare. But what isn't very rare is a backdoor cover. T.Y. Hilton plays. I love the Colts. No T.Y. I'm on the fence. What about you? I think the Colts win either way. I think it's ugly. Well, the Colts win either way. Oh, not, okay. As far as you were talking about the, uh, the side the or the spread. All right, okay, no problem. Go ahead. So, and as far as that's concerned, I think the Colts win no matter what. But either way, say T.Y. doesn't play. You have Zach Pascal, you have Ebron, and then you have Doyle after that. Ebron and Doyle will become the offense if T.Y. Hilton is out for this game. So, if you have one of these guys and T.Y. is out, it looks like, a, based on what I'm looking at right now, I have a little, not really breaking news, but it was just said that T.Y. Hilton is going to probably going to be a uh, game time decision based off of Stefania Bell. She's like, it's going to take right up until the game time. They'll probably have to check his leg. He'll probably I hate run around. Game time it's the worst. I but hate game but time they do decisions. have a time frame now. It's 11 30 no, every morning where you, you have an hour and a half to figure yeah. out what you want to do. I appreciate that from the NFL because they do it just for fantasy owners. That's the only thing they're doing it for. But. And they know that that we are watching the game. But you have to go to the tight ends in this game. I think Marlon Mack is going to be a monster. He is on my with it list this week. And that's because they're going up against the Oakland Raiders. And the Oakland Raiders are not that great in, in the run defense area. The Oakland Raiders are allowing 112 yards per game. Uh, the Colts aren't doing much better because they're allowing 114. But um, we'll see what happens. But I'm pretty sure the... The Colts come out with a win here. I still think Waller and Tyrell Williams have the most value as far as receivers on the Oakland team. Mm -hmm. And then I think Josh Jacobs is having a good year so far. It was a little slow in the last few games. He was a touchdown away from being uh, the the toast of the town as far as young running backs. But I I like their players. Yeah, I think Josh Jacobs can bounce back here. They're playing against the 25th rated defense against the run. Uh, The Colts' run game defense hasn't been up to par yet. And we still don't know what's up with Darius Leonard. We don't know if he's playing yet. If he plays... That's a big advantage to the Colts. So there's a lot of things here. The line sits at seven right now, but I could definitely see that swaying with or without Darius Leonard and or T.Y. Hilton. If anything, if those guys both don't play, I could see this dip into 
possibly under under seven, maybe six and a half. But uh, I haven't seen any movement on this line whatsoever yet. And last week, when the line opened up at Minnesota Vikings minus seven against the Oakland Raiders, right before I knew it, it was already at eight, eight and a half, and by game time, it was at nine. So uh, I haven't seen any movement on this game yet, and I think that's because we don't know what's up with Darius Leonard and T.Y. Hilton, who are arguably the best guys on each side of the ball for the for, for the Colts. So I think that's uh, a, a big big part there. As far as Marlon Mack goes, listen, the Raiders aren't that bad against the run. They're actually rated seventh against the run, but there's not really a situation where you're not starting Marlon Mack because I think that if the Colts do wind up getting up and start gassing these boys, you're going to see a healthy dosing of Marlon Mack, and that's where you can gather some fantasy points there, even though the Raiders are actually surprisingly well against the run. Um, as far as receivers go, though, for the Colts, it's T.Y. Hilton or nothing for me. If you're in a jam, the tight end landscape is really thin. I don't see why you wouldn't start Ebron and or Jack Doyle because there's really no other options there for Jacoby to throw the ball to. And that's why I think this is one of the the the, the odd b- tight end backfields that you could start both guys. Right. And also, I thought Paris, Cam- Paris Campbell had three catches for them last year at Ohio State. I don't know what's last going week. on with him and... Jacoby Brissett, mm-hmm. uh, do they have that connection? Maybe he can be that second guy and and be the clear second guy. I would keep an eye out for Paris Campbell. Actually, maybe as I'm talking about it out loud, maybe I'll just stash him someplace in case uh, he winds up growing into becoming that, especially with T.Y. going out. He's going to play. He's yeah. going to play more. So we'll see what happens there. But at the end of the day, like I said before, the Colts win. But if T.Y. is out, there could be a cover in there at a yeah, plus seven yeah, for sure. That's going to be a tough thing for me to answer on right there. So I kind of got to give you the, the, the woulda, coulda, shouldas and the what ifs. But um, I like what you said about Paris Campbell. And I think he's definitely a, a, a DFS lineup guy depending on T.Y. Hilton. Cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he'll probably be somewhere you know under three grand. And if you can get a guy for that and – you know, you get you in the double digits. You're in the green zones. That I gives like you what it. an extra twenty five hundred oh, towards yeah. a player on the yeah. upper side. A big get guy. yourself a really good quarterback or you know running back, receiver, whatever you like. But I agree with you on that one. Throw throw a Chargers player in that DFS line. Yeah. A little <laughs> oh extra yes. There, a little you know, Keenan gonna, Allen for gonna you. Be, they're going to be loading up <laughs> over there against the uh, fish. So, uh, but that's all I got for this game. If if Ty and and Leonard play, I love the Colts at minus seven. Although I think it would tick up if those guys both play. So this might be a game where I'm gonna take the Colts early, but I'm gonna take them light. And uh, if those two guys do wind up playing and the line does move, I'll just stick with my light bet. You know what I mean? And um and not have to uh, press on it, as so to say. But if they both don't play, and I'm stuck with the seven. I could live with that too because it's a light bet. It's not my normal standard sizing bet. Understood. Any anything else on this game for you? Nah, the totals a pass for me. I I haven't found a good indication on under overs yet so far. Um, I've been hitting uh, pretty well with unders, but uh, I I also gave out a, a stat on our recap episode. And uh, if you guys didn't listen to that, go ahead and listen to it. But I'm just going to throw it out to you right here. Again, anyway, for hopefully new listeners, as of right now, unders are hitting at a 55.3% clip and overs are hitting at a 44.7% clip. I think that it will even out at some point. There obviously is a lot more unders going on right now than overs. I can see that changing at some point in time. It won't stick this way. Also, road teams are covering at a 63.8% clip ATS. And home teams are at 34% ATS. And what is ATS? Against the spread. Okay. So basically it means home teams aren't covering and road teams are. 
at those percentages. Okay. Um, and there's one push in there. That's all I got here, though. Uh, I would kind of, I, I don't have a good feel for totals right now, guys. I'm sorry. It takes me a little bit of time to get into that. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to work on some totals. If I, there's something that jumps out to me, I'm definitely on it. But this ain't one of them games. It's a tiny sample size. And this week yeah. is confused. We talked about it earlier when we came in here. I'm like, there's nothing that pops up off yeah, the this page. This is a tough week. Maybe one or two that pop off the page. It's like, oh, I like that. But next up, the one and two Cleveland Browns at the two and one Baltimore Ravens. This is an actual divisional game. <laughs> the total is 44 or 45. And... The Baltimore Ravens are favored, minus seven. What do you got, Vinny Goombats? Initially, I like the Ravens, minus the seven, but divisional game, they play tough. I can't find myself back in this Browns team as as bad as they looked the last three games. Um, even though they got a win, I'm still taking that for what it is. They played a third-string quarterback with uh, inept offense and a coach that sucks, and I'm talking about my Jets. So, uh, I don't believe in the Browns. I haven't believed in them beforehand, and I still don't believe in them. I just think seven is a big number, you know. And and I, I kind of I want to take the Browns with the points, but I, I just I won't do that because I don't believe in them. And especially when you're running draw plays on fourth and nine um, to win the game, I don't like it. I like the Ravens to bounce back after their loss. They're co- they're at home, but uh, last year Cleveland, you know, they they covered both games against the Ravens. They actually won one of them outright and the other one was a 27 to 24 game that they covered the spread there as well I, th- I believe that spread was like three and a half or four they just covered it but they did I remember the the games um vividly but this is a tough one for me divisional games divisional plays always tough um I think the Ravens win the game however the spread I'm kind of up on the air with what, I, how about you I'm with you I I think the Browns are going to wind up putting... They have no rhythm. It's mm-hmm. like watching somebody on a dance floor who doesn't know how to dance. They, I haven't, don't, they haven't put it together yet. I don't yet. know how to dance. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible. So that, I, That's I, what it's like looking at them. But there is a chance for them to get into that. And that's going to lean on... They're going to need to lean on Freddie Kitchens. He needs to get... Baker in a place where he's getting a ball out of his hand quickly. That he has the ball in the hands of Nick Chubb as often as he can. I think they can cover this game. Obviously, I think Baltimore wins this game. I don't think uh, I don't think they get into enough of a rhythm to stop the rhythm that Lamar Jackson and this offense has. I think they're going to pound him a bit, even though that Brown's defense is pretty good. But as far as fantasy outlook, of course, Odell Beckham's going to start. You don't ever sit Nick Chubb, in my opinion. I think Baker Mayfield is a sit this week. And... I don't know. It's hit or miss with with uh, when it comes to Landry. Whether you play him or not, you have so you have to look at all your options there. Maybe at best, I think Landry is a flex option, and I think you could start all the Ravens. You got Ingram, you got Jackson, and you got Hollywood, and you got Mark Andrews. I think you can go with all of those guys. I think you can feel comfortable starting all of those boys going up against the Browns this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you there. There's not really a Raven guy I don't want to play aside from the ones you just mentioned. Uh, so I'm not going to repeat it. As far as the Brown side goes, uh, Jarvis Landry's been struggling, man. What do you think about him? Do you think is, is is this a spot to start him against his Ravens defense? Because last week it didn't seem like the receivers had a problem eating the Ravens defense alive. And that's, you know, I don't know if that's the Chiefs offense because those guys are all young. Jarvis Landry is definitely a better receiver than Miracle Harmon, Demarcus Robinson, and in my opinion, Sammy Watkins. Um, and he didn't have the best game. It was just really Hardman and Robinson that, that that played well. What do you think about Jarvis Landry in the spot? I'm with you. 
We can't compare the Bills to the Chiefs, though. That's disrespectful to Andy Reid. I hear what you're saying. The it, Browns. It, it, Browns. The, the Browns, man. Jesus. But that's disrespectful to Andy Reid. That, he is a great coach. The Chiefs offense is the Chiefs offense. It's not them. And they're not in a rhythm. I think Landry is going to stay a flex or a bench guy until they get into a rhythm. The moment they're in a rhythm and Baker Mayfield is seeing the field correctly, I think Landry becomes a guy who maybe you can start at flex every week. But I don't ever see him above a flex unless you're just you you're in, you have injuries, mm-hmm. you have a receiver who is just totally underperforming and you want to take a shot. But other than that, that's the only place I see him. I got you. I got some trends for you guys uh, on this game here. Cleveland is 4-1 and one ATS in their last five games on the road. So that's 4-1 and one against the spread last five games on the road. Um, they've only played one road game so far this year. It was against the Jets. They covered the spread. They won the game outright, obviously. Um, the under in this game. Cleveland has gone under in four of their last five games while playing in Baltimore. So that's a little trend that makes you lean towards the under there. And then uh, this one, it goes back a little bit further, but keep in mind, they play each other twice a year. So 10 games, that goes back five years. This is an 11 game sample size. The Baltimore Ravens are 10 and 1 straight up in their last 11 games when playing at home against the Cleveland Browns. Now, I said that goes back five years. Let's keep in mind that three years ago, the Cleveland Browns were winless, and the year before that or prior, they were only had one win. So factor those into this. You know, that, that number's a little skewed there. This is definitely a better Cleveland Brownies team than we've seen in the past. Final one here is Baltimore is 19-3 and straight up in its last 22 games against Cleveland, whether that's in Cleveland or at Baltimore. Again, understand Cleveland was really bad for a really long time. So those numbers might be skewed, but they're not skewed much in the fact that it shows one team has been dominant in this series. I lean towards the Ravens to win this game, but I don't know about them covering. This would be a a perfect teaser spot for me where you're teasing through a key number of seven and bringing it down to one so that really the Ravens just need to win this game. But because I respect divisional opponents and how well they know each other and how tight these games usually are, this wouldn't be a spot for me to, to, to tease down the Ravens because there could be some hiccup in this game where the Browns wind up pulling it out. But one more thing. I'm a little nervous for Nick Chubb because this Ravens defense gives up 60 yards a game. That's really low. They're very good in run defense, but the just to position on that one is they also give up 304 yards a game through the air and Cleveland is only giving up 239 so Cleveland has a much better pass defense they got Greedy Williams they got Denzel Ward by the way both of these guys are questionable at this point in time for the Browns but just keep in mind if you're starting Nick Chubb I got him in three leagues you do what you got to do. I'm not sitting the guy. I'll take whatever he can get against this Ravens defense, and I'll live with it. But that's really all I have. I think Cleveland has a chance to cover, and I think Baltimore wins the game. Yeah, overall, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you there. I think the best play for me is going to be under the total of 46. Uh, I think I'll wait until last minute to fire this in because uh, a lot of people like taking overs. Nobody likes to root for no points. So uh, I think I could get a better number than 46. I've shopped around a little bit now. I'm not really seeing much uh, pull on the line there, but I do like the under in this game. However, because I'm invested so many different ways in football, I have Lamar Jackson. I have Hollywood Brown. I have 
Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews on my fantasy teams. I have them in a few different leagues, uh, you know, spread apart. For me to bet an under here, it's kind of uh, an oxymoron if I'm rooting for Lamar Jackson to light these boys up because I need the points in fantasy. Right. You know, so you guys got to think about that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, I know people out there that say, I've heard guys say sometimes like that, they got smoked in fantasy and then they'll tell me, well, I won more money this weekend betting than I would win all of fantasy. And I, I get it. I understand that. You know what I mean? And that's good for you. So it kind of depends on what you want out of this. Um, so for me, I want points from Lamar Jackson and and Hollywood Brown and, and Mark Andrews. So why would I bet the under there then? I'm it's just kind of. I see what you're saying. I I guess I don't think as I guess as I don't know what the description is of the way you're thinking about that. Mm-hmm. I, I I see what you're saying though. Why why would you not take everything for it to all go in the same direction as long as you like it? But if something was to go against me, like if I'm rooting for fantasy and betting, I don't really cross over. I got you. The you know the differences between those things, mm-hmm. but I hear what you're saying. For it's sure. all for me. It's I valid. do. I do for for me because at the end of the day, fantasy betting, it's all about one thing. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Uh, see, I don't, the camaraderie, the fun, like how often are we just talking about trades? Obviously, I want to win the money and all of that kind of stuff and all the leagues, but it's not my primary goal. I like the, I just love this time of year. I, 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 I love too. everything about it. I mean, too. My, my primary need is not the, is not everything the you're saying. I'm with it. Right. I'm with all that. Yeah, I love, I love everything it. you say. I love the fall. I love that the leaves are changing. The arguments, yes. the trades, the I, I love all I like of that. Shorts stuff. with my hoodie or pants with a t shirt. I like the weather. <laughs> I like coming home on Sunday morning watching football. All that's good. But you know what else is good? <laughs> on Sunday night, I sit there and I'm like, Oh, I did really good this week. Yeah. And I look at my fantasy lineup and I'm like, mm, smoke this fool, swipe. Smoke this fool swipe. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a good weekend. I you know what you're saying. So, but I've been on the other side where it's, it's you know, football's great. And then I'm sitting on Sunday night on the couch and I got a puss on my face. And my wife's like, what's wrong with you? And I just look at her. I give her the death stare. And she's like, fantasy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, well, how'd the other stuff go? And I go, not so good. Not great. Not so good. And she goes, okay. And then she walk away. You know what I'm saying? Sunday night football, a misery's coming there. But anyway, back to this game. At the end of the day, I like the under. And if I, you know, gun to my head, I'm taking the Ravens minus the points because I don't believe in the Cleveland Brownies. Although I'm not opening my wallet to take a wager on this game. If I do, I'm going to be teasing the Ravens down because I don't like that big spread. That's all I got for this one. On to the next then, the one and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the 3 and 0 Los Angeles Rams the number is 49 and a half and the Rams are favored at minus 9 and a half what do you got bro uh, uh Rams are going to win this game we all know that and if you don't something's wrong with you um uh, but this spread it's it kind of th- it makes me think this is like they're giving this a 2018 2017 Rams spread so what that means is that this they're 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 going off a of history with this spread and the Rams aren't I'm not going to say they're they're not as dominant as they've been in the past I just think they're playing the long game they know they're going to the playoffs and they know their goal is the Super Bowl and you know I it's this to me I hate that the NFL has gotten here and hopefully something changes and I think believe it or not I'm pointing at you because I think your boys can throw the wrench into the into the game plan what I say why that is 
I have a strong feeling that the final four teams are going to be the same final four teams from last year. The Chiefs, the Patriots, the Rams, the Saints. That's how I feel it. But I do think the Packers could throw the wrench in there and either dethrone the Rams or the Saints to play for the NFC Championship game. And also the, matter what happens, how long, what can Teddy do while Breeze is out? Yes. You know, all of those other things. There's well, a lot of factors. Because that division right now saying. is up in the air. There's it, no it dominant. They're all one and two with the exception of the Saints who are sitting at two and one. So like you said, I agree. Can Teddy keep them afloat? Can he keep them above 500? And that will come into play later on down the year if they have to play the wild card game or they don't get to host a playoff game. You know, that's stuff is going to matter especially um, for the saints out down there in new orleans their dome is so important to them yeah. and a feeling and the connection they've had since drew Brees has been there katrina all the other stuff that goes yes. into it so their home field advantage is a very real one like seattle and a few other teams across the country yeah so aside from from that you know getting back to the rams the reason i say that is i think the rams are playing a long game they know where they're going they know they're going to the playoffs and i see that a lot with todd Gurley. they just they're, they're just babying him. You know what I mean? They're not letting him go all the way out because they know they're going to need him down the stretch. So why play him right now? I get that. But hold on. Let me just add something real quick for you for Todd Gurley. Uh, this is from ESPN. Gurley played an average of 85% of his snap, snaps through week 15 last season. He was sidelined in week 16 and week 17 because they're going into the playoffs. This season, he is averaging 70%. He is averaged... 22.5 touches per game last season, which has dropped to 16 this season per ESPN stats and information research. I don't think that's that big of a deal. Everybody's panicking about it. Who cares if he's used 15% less of the time? I think that's better off for me. I want him healthy. I'm fine. I have him in three leagues. I'm fine with him only having 16 instead of 22. I think he's going to be able to add value to those touches. And I think... Sean McVay is going to put him in more positions to be successful. He came out in the same article and said, he's like, the last game, just we didn't need Todd Gurley. He's like, the game called for something other than Todd. And he's like, don't worry. I'm going to make sure I fit him in and put him in positions to be successful as I've always done. But he's like, we just didn't need him in this last game. And he's not on a touch count. He's like, this is just the way it's naturally going for the team. And I think it just lends to what you're saying. They are Super Bowl. They're a Super Bowl team. And they're keeping that in mind as they move forward. I agree, and I appreciate you backing me up with that. You know, I me mean? because I—that's exactly what I was trying to say with him. And uh, they don't need Todd Gurley, and that's what they're going to be doing. And it, you know, they could potentially—you know—you could be in a spot where, as a Todd Gurley fantasy owner, later in the year, um, this division right now looks pretty good. They have another three and O team. And they have a two and one team in it. Those teams have yet to play each other yet. Now, if the Niners are for real, is a whole nother story. We'll find out when the two teams play each other. But no matter what, the Seahawks always play the Rams tough. That's always going to be a tough game. And later on down the line, when you need Todd Gurley the most in your fantasy, you know, towards the end of the fantasy season, that's when he might be at his freshest. And that might be the time you guys could use him. So right now, you might be saying, well, what do I do here? And again, I'm, I'm against him this week. I mean, I never thought I'd say the words, put Ty Gurley on your bench. But that's just this week. Week 12, you know, when you really need that fantasy win, I think Ty Gurley is going to be ready and fresh. And I agree. And to back up what you just said, again, for being against him, he's also playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are only giving up 69 yards in the run game. Todd Bowles is a very good defensive coordinator he was your previous coach there with the Jets Tampa Bay has a good defense so 
you have uh, you you have the advantage in this that that Tampa Bay is coming in there and maybe he has a tough day maybe he doesn't but also the Rams have a good rush defense only giving up 93 there's a significant difference there but overall the Rams are playing really well this year on defense go ahead man yeah so like I said the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the second rated defense against the run that's not by accident no week one they shut down the 49ers, and they got a, a, a slew of dudes over there. Whether you think one of them is good or not, all three of those running backs in San Fran are good at what they do. And they shut all three of them down. Even though San Fran won the game, they didn't have a great game. The next game, they shut down Christian McCaffrey. And then last week, barring the injury, Saquon didn't have a great game before he got hurt. It wasn't like T.Y. Hilton where he had that good game and then he left. They stopped Saquon Barkley, and Wayne Gallman was not even involved. Non-existent. So this run defense is very good for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's why I think you should uh, you know, lean towards benching Todd Gurley, as crazy as that sounds. With all that being said, they're not going to be able to stop the Rams, and the Rams' defense is going to turn over Jameis Winston, Ronald Jones, and whatever. What's his name? Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber. It doesn't matter. Let's call him Tiki Barber. <laughs> Rondé Barber. I do have a question for the, you, though. Whatever. Both of those guys aren't doing anything either. What's your question? Well, my question is, what do you think about the receivers, though, for Tampa Bay? Mike Evans is going to get his, you know what I mean? But you um, way to keep Tlaib there? Well, Tlaib is, is a good defender. I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, you ain't going to get that Mike Evans game he got last week. No, he ain't Janoris Jenkins. No, but Mike Evans will get his, and I think he'll be able to. I think Tampa, Tampa doesn't get shut out here. They score 10 points, give or take maybe seven. They're going to score a touchdown. That's why I really think O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait are, uh, you know, a good start in this situation. I know Cameron Brait is like, you're saying, what are you talking about there? But it, we're talking a DFS lineup. Really bad, you know, tight end situation you got going on. O.J. Howard, I'm an O.J. Howard owner, but I think this is a good bounce back spot for him here because who they're going to be focusing on Godwin and Evans. That means that somebody else is open. The only other guy on this team that could catch a ball is O.J. Howard. They've always been a good red zone threat for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. However, the Rams are the sixth rated defense against the tight end. Everything in this situation points me toward the Rams. I already don't believe in the Buccaneers. I already don't believe in Jameis Winston. They don't have enough pieces to win this game. It's very hard to lay this amount of points. But I'm going to lay the 9.5 with the L.A. Rams. And as far as the total goes, I think it's going to go over. I think the Rams, you know, second guess it, man. I think the Rams smoke them. Give me the over and give me the Rams. <laughs> you just talked yourself into it. I did. I talked myself into it. I am about to change the subject so hard. But I just saw something go across the scroll that I need to tell you guys. The Indianapolis Colts haven't lost a game, a home game, to the Oakland Raiders since 2001, as per NFL Network. Just add that in there. I know it's random out of nowhere, but I just thought it was such a good stat. How could I not tell you that after we, we already passed that game, but just keep it in mind? So that means when I take a bet on the, on the Colts this Sunday, I could be like, wow, I lost the first game in... 20-something years <laughs> that the Oakland Raiders played. Yeah, that's how it works for me. It might. It might. So, do you have anything else, though, for this game moving forward? Nah, that's all I got. I'm with you. I think the Rams take it. Next up, the 2-1 and one Seattle Seahawks at the 0-2-1 Arizona Cardinals. The total, 48. Seattle favored, minus 5. What do you got? I'm going to start this one out. I'm pulling out a trend here. Okay. This is a big one, people. Get, the, get the notebooks out. Uh, get it going. Wait, get, wait. Your, yeah, get your pens. We're, we're tapping into the Vinny database what, here. Whatever you want to do, <laughs> get, get your pen out, pen and paper. If you're old school, or you know, if you're if you're not a dinosaur like me, like Kev said, 
Get the keyboard out. <laughs> Follow me here. Since 2015, away teams in division games on a Sunday whose following game is on Thursday night football are 10-0-1 against the spread. 10-0-1 against the spread. Now, if you're saying, what's that one? One is a push. So that would mean this game would land on five where Seattle would win 25-20, to 20, something like that. This trend is in favor of the Seattle Seahawks as they play on Thursday against the Los Angeles Rams. Now, some would say that's a look-ahead spot. You're playing the Rams. They're definitely the best team possibly in the NFC. So maybe Seahawks come into this game a little sleepwalking because it's the old lowly Cardinals. I'm very scared. Now, I took them in our suicide league, and I don't want to lose this early. I don't think you're going to lose. But, oh. you know, they, they, they could be sleepwalking against this team because they know they got a, a quick turnaround game in L.A. However, this trend would go against that. Now, I'm going to say it one more time so you guys can follow me, and I'm going to give you something else. Since 2015, away teams in divisional games on a Sunday whose following game is on Thursday night football are 10-0-1 against the spread. They are also 9-3 to the under. Now, the reason I pause for a second there to think about that is because I didn't update my under trend there. This trend was 9-0-1 and 8-3 to the under. So why is it 10-0-1 and 9-3? Because last Thursday, this trend was also in effect. Because the Jacksonville Jaguars had played prior the Thursday night football game against the Houston Texans and lost that game 13-12. to The Jacksonville Jaguars were plus 9.5 in that game. There was at no point in time they weren't covering that spread. So this indicates that that was a trend that was 9-0-1, but since the Jaguars covered in that situation the following Sunday, so two games ago when the Jaguars lost by one point to the Houston Texans, they covered that spread, which then moved this trend to 10-0-1. That game was also 13-12. If you're a dummy, that's obviously an under. That means the under trend is continuing as well as 9-3 to the, towards the under. That would get me to an auto bet on the Seattle Seahawks. Not only do I think they're the better team, they're going to smoke the Cardinals. However, there is a look-ahead spot. So be weary of that, people. I am big on the uh, on the Seahawks, though, in this situation. I think they cover the spread, and um, I think Pete Carroll has an answer for your boy, Kyler Murray. I love me some Kyler Murray, but I'm with Vitz on this one. I have a hard time saying anything against him with this. They... They give up 157 yards on the ground. It could be a heavy rushing day, which means I don't know what that means for Russell Wilson. Is he going to get deep on him? Or are they just going to shove it down Arizona's throats for the whole day? We'll see what's going on there. But I see the Seahawks winning. I took them in our suicide pool. I see them covering. I don't know what else there is to say. As far as fantasy is concerned, you start Lockett. You start Russell Wilson. You start Chris Carson. And as far as Arizona is concerned, I think Larry, Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson, and Christian Kirk continue to be starts in all leagues. Kyler Murray is a really, really good quarterback. I'm telling all of you now, he's going to be my first quarterback off the board next year, coming into his sophomore year. I think he's going to have time to grow. Hopefully, Cliff Kingsbury realizes that David Johnson is his best player, and he starts giving that guy the ball every other weekend except for this one. 
<laughs> That's how I'm feeling since I took those boys. But Seattle comes out of this both ways with the side, straight up, everything. I'm going to give you a chance to rebuttal on that. Cliff Kingsbury knowing that David Johnson is his best player. I, give, I hope. I said I, I don't know if he will. No, no, I'm saying you think David Johnson is the best player on the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. He's better than Larry Fitzgerald. Right now, yes. Okay, you're... Give me that water bottle over here. Wait, I wait, 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 wait. Let me smell your water bottle. Wait, are we actually? Let me smell it. Are Come we on. having this conversation? Yeah, you. what's in there? Is there vodka in there? Wait, you're really going to tell me You're at drinking this? right now? Wait, wait. Come on, man. It's the middle of the day. Wait, wait, wait. If used properly, you're telling me that Larry Fitzgerald's better than David Johnson at this moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't care about his age. He looks, he looks like he's 20 years old, Larry Fitzgerald. Absolutely. David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. My mind is no. so blown no that we have a partnership. <laughs> <laughs> we're all, we're on a podcast, and this guy is telling me to my face presently if both use equally and properly right now. I am not talking about history. Obviously, Larry oh, Fitzgerald okay, okay. is the better player yeah. from beginning if, to end. I'm th- talking about can, present to okay. today. Well, you you can ask that question in three ways. Over a career, Larry Fitzgerald, hands down. That, that's, there's no question Right now, there. I'm taking Larry Fitzgerald where you would disagree. Now, if you're telling me if I'm going to start a franchise today at their current age, I'd have to take David right, Johnson. Right, 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 right. Just because we're, we're, we should be near the end of Larry Fitzgerald's career. We don't know because I thought this guy would have been retired already. But he looks great. I don't even know how many more years he plays. At this rate, he could probably play another three he's years. He's going to play until he can't not play like this. He's okay, like, I got you. He believes. He's like, I'm still good enough yeah. to beat you guys. And he's shown it already. Yeah, and people are p- paying attention yeah. to him as if he is Kurt Warner, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, the way it's going these okay, days. Yeah. And Kyler Murray is special. He has special arm talent. He has special composure. He has special everything. I He has the it thing i love this guy i'm i'm gonna ride it all the way i cannot wait until next year i have him only have him in one league this year because lamar jackson was my my uh my focus of affection this year as far as quarterback was concerned but uh and i'm always looking for that guy that one guy got patrick mahomes in four leagues last year this year i got lamar jackson in three leagues this year kyler murray i will get him in three or four leagues next year you know what else kyler murray has right now a winless record. Uh, get out of here. <laughs> anyway, Seahawks, I love this game. Um, I got I got a guy you want to look out for, too. Jerron Brown. Jerron Brown of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he's a wide receiver. He just kind of got his game back last week. He had three receptions for like 60 yards, I believe. We're, we're watching some uh, some highlights here of the Tampa Bay uh, Giants game. And I Mike just saw Evans. Mike Evans... He just, you know, you know what it is. You know, remember, you know the the Randy Moss segment. You got Moss. Yes, that's, that's what that was right there. Janoris Jenkins got you know, Jack Rabbit, and it ain't Janoris's fault. What are no. you doing, Giants? Leaving this guy. Look at him by himself, playing ten yards off the ball. He's nuts. What, what, look, look at, at that. that. That was listen. I looked at that. Was I was like, happen? oh, that's over. Right, right, like right. Look right here at the twenty yard line. Toast. That's when I knew it was done. I was right. like, oh, that's a touchdown. Even with Jameis throwing the ball, that was a touchdown. And he's too big. You can't. You can't. You have to play off of him because he's too big to play him hand to hand. Combat, face-to-face, man-to-man, but to give him that much space, you can't do that? Janoris Jenkins, man, I don't know. You go back to trying to bury bodies in your house or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> I do remember that, Yeah, actually. he's a nut job. <laughs> Crazy. Anyway, Seahawks, minus four and a half, minus five, whatever it is, I'm taking them. Uh, I do lean towards the under here. As far as um, 
Seattle players, like Kev says, I got Chris Carson. I'm a little worried, but I don't really have a better option. Not this week. I'm not crazy about this Cardinals defense, though. So uh, I'm going to start Chris Carson hesitantly. I'm not like loving the start, but I don't really have a better option. I will, you know, look over my roster to see if there's a better flex. They option. held Jackson to 23. Yeah, no, I'm saying it, it's it's possible. So I I, I don't know here, but uh, I do like the Seahawks. There's no way I'm taking the Cardinals with 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 this, and um, that's all I got for this game. Next up. Two and one Minnesota Vikings at two and one Chicago Bears. The total thirty eight and a half Chicago favored minus two and a half. And a quick aside before we get to Vince is the NFC North is seven zero and one versus all of the NFL through the first three weeks. We have the best division and we're the only division that has all winning teams with inside of it. And the Packers have actually the only losses that came within the in within the conference or within the division came from the Packers beating Minnesota and the Bears. But what do you got in this Vikings-Bears game, Vince? All right. This is another one. Get it out, Kev. Take your notebook out. Get your pen. Here we go. Coming up, the Vinny database. He's got another really good one. He's very excited. He actually paused just so he could get himself together for you guys. So he's excited to hand this one out. Yeah, because some of our <laughs> listeners uh, – out there have said I've confused them. I made their I, I made their their eyes cross when I'm reading out some of these trends. <laughs> but even if uh, you know, even if I'm gonna tell you guys something, if you think of like Adam Sandler and he, you know, had all the funny sounds he makes yes. and stuff like that. Even if I said this at before the trend, if I said that and then I gave you the trend, just listen to the trend part. You don't have to hear all the other stuff. If you just want to hear the numbers. Just listen to the, the exclamation point. All the other stuff is hoobity hoobity. But I'm going to say it anyway so that you could have some relevance to what I'm actually saying. And it's not the fact that when Kirk Cousins eats a hot dog on a Thursday night, the following Sunday he's 37-0 and 0 straight up. Right. That's not a trend that I'm following here. But this is it. Well, somebody told me that. I'd probably, if he put up a post and said he ate a hot dog, I might consider it. I, I think the books has something to do with it. <laughs> That's what I think. I think it's I think it's hooligans. Go ahead. Anyway. Since 2015, away teams in a divisional game. Okay, so that's the situation right here. The Minnesota Vikings are the away team. They are playing a divisional game as they go up against the Chicago Bears. Follow me. Since 2015, away teams in a divisional game coming off a home game facing a team coming off of Monday Night Football. Oakland Raiders, Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota was at home. The Bears just played on Monday night. Oh, I thought it was for the... No, it, it, you're right. Okay. You're, no, you're good. Minnesota Vikings played at home against the Oakland Raiders. Right. That's this, That fits this bill. Okay. The Bears are coming off the Monday night game. Okay. I'm going to read it again. Since 2015, away teams in a divisional game coming off a home game facing a team coming off Monday night football are 16-3 and three against the spread and 14 and 5 to the under. Now, this trend was 15 and 3 against the spread and 13 and 5 to the under. But guess what? The trend hit again on week two when the Houston Texans were coming off a Monday night football game against the Saints. Against the Saints and then played a divisional opponent at home. 
Jacksonville Jaguars. 13 to 12. And the Jacksonville Jaguars were plus nine and a half in that game. Not only did Jacksonville cover the spread, they also hit the under. That trend right there would lean me towards the under and give me the Minnesota Vikings plus two and a half. I like that a lot, man. Uh, going into the sum of this game, you have Kirk Cousins and Mitch Trubisky. Just looking at their Two stats, bums. <laughs> I, Dude, I agree with you. bum juice on one side and trash bags on the other side. <laughs> Two bum quarterbacks. This is going to be a 10-9 to game. I can't wait. I actually agree with you because Kirk Cousins, their stats are the same. Kirk Cousins, 500 yards. Trubisky, 579. They both have three touchdowns and two interceptions. The only differences between these two bum, these two bums is the fact that Mitch Trubisky has some legs and he can create some plays I'll out give, of that. I'll give him that. He's a bum with legs. Yeah, because the, yeah. the dude can run. Like The boy is very athletic, man. So uh, he, probably that, got, he was probably getting made fun of in high school, so he had to run all over the place. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then he he chose a terrible college, poor kid. And both teams have good defenses, very good defenses. The Bears are only giving up 13 points a game. Minnesota's only giving up 15 points a game. The Bears only giving up 68 yards on the ground. And Minnesota's only giving up 101 yards on the ground. They're both around the same uh, as far as giving up pass yards. But this is going to be a tough one. Everything that you talk about, that Trent talks about, lends to this being just an ugly, nasty uh, gritty, get it out game. 13 9, right. 10 to 7. Yeah, 17 12. Yeah, some, some 17 13. Some stupid uh, score yeah. where there's a safety or something dumb happens. Exactly. <laughs> and I could see the safety being the Bears sacking Cousins because he's such a bum and he can't get rid of the ball and there's no one to throw to and Khalil Max in his face and everything like that. And, you know, they're going to be running a lot of screen plays to Dalvin Cook because you're going to have Khalil Mack right in Kirk Cousins' face and he's going to have to get rid of it real quick. Yes. All those things I just said about that trend, it's all well and great and it points right towards the Minnesota Vikings plus two and a half. But guess what? I'm about to mess y'all up. (laughs) Here we go. Let's go to the other side. Kirk Bum Juice Cousins is 5 and 26 straight up against winning teams. The Chicago Bears are 2 and 1. That's a winning team. Kirk Bum Juice Cousins, 5 and 26 straight up. I feel like that one means a whole lot more than the one that you just said. However, they're and- getting the points. We don't need them to win the game. They just need we to just cover. We just need them to cover. Right. Now, two and a half ain't a lot, though, and that's why, listen, let me tell you something, people. One score. Vegas sports books are not idiots. They understand what's going on here, and they're setting it at two and a half because if everybody likes the, the Vikings, it's going to go down to two. And if everybody starts betting the Bears, it'll go up to three. If I could get the Vikings at plus three, I'm with it. And uh, if it stays at two and a half, I might have to buy, an, uh, buy a point there and, and get that up to three. Now, I'm going to digress real quick because I want to, you know, school some of the new betters out there. You can purchase a point. You can purchase a half point. These things are possible depending on your sports book that you wager at. Not every one of them does this, and that's the advantage of having multiple outs and or multiple books. So in this case, I'm going to take the Vikings at plus three. If it stays at two, right now it is the Minnesota Vikings plus two and a half minus 110. If I'd like to buy that hook, buy that half point to get them up to three, it would be Minnesota Vikings minus 120. You understand how that works? Yes. And now if I want to get another one, it would be Minnesota Vikings plus three and a half minus 130. Right. You see so what I'm saying? So you're putting up more juice. Yes, yeah, so I put up more juice, but I'm getting an extra hook right. or and or point. So this is definitely a situation where I like the Vikings. If they're at three, 
or buying up a point or in a teaser, giving them six points and getting a touchdown for a cushion. Um, I think if anything, the touchdown play, the teaser play here, where I'm teasing through a key number of three and seven, sign me up for that. Uh, I like the Minnesota Vikings plus two and a half, but I'm probably going to open it up a little bit more because I'm a wuss sometimes and, uh, I'm afraid of the Bears' defense, and I don't like backing Kirk Bum Juice Cousins. Understood. I don't like putting my money in a bum's hand. Um, there's certain players that I, that I think transcend matchups. I think Delvin Cook is that guy. Um, even though he's going up against a sixty uh, a defense that gives up only 68 yards a game in, in rush defense, all he needs is about five inches and a little bit of space. One bad play, and he has a great fantasy day. Like he's at the twenty yard line and they leave him a little tiny crack as he did to the Packers, who have a very good defense. But he poo pooed on us for seventy five yards and if he gets open, there's nobody who's catching him. Mm-hmm. You can put Tyreek Hill on the other side. I don't even think he catches him if he's trying to chase him down in a race. So I still think you go with him. You all you always start feeling. What are you thinking about? I know I know you think that Stefan Diggs is is kind of is trash bags here. So how are you feeling about him as far as fantasy is concerned? So the actual player, Stefan Diggs, is not trash. Fantasy it, Yeah, fantasy-wise, he's been doing poo-poo, as you would say. Like, right. He hasn't had a game over double digits yet. This is the game that happens, though. Okay. This is the game where you can say, I'm getting this guy out of my lineup. He's getting platooned on my bench. I think differently. I'm, this is not a guy I'm with it. He's not going to drop 30-burger on you, but he's going to have a decent game because they're going to force Kirk to throw the ball. And if he throws it, he's got two good receivers. So he's one of them. He's a good receiver. They're just not throwing the ball enough. But And he doesn't even need to be accurate. That's how good they are. That's, yeah. the, that's the difference between a good receiver and an average receiver. Average, you have to be accurate. When it comes to guys like Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, you can be off a little bit. Because think about it. I remember there was a... Um, there was one of those uh, sports sciences, and they did the range of A.J. Green. You have the space of an elephant to be inaccurate, hmm. and he could still catch the football. An elephant. So you think it's like the biggest land mammal on the planet. So that is the difference between a great receiver, a transcendent receiver, and an average guy. And he, he doesn't have average guys. He has above average receivers. I agree. And I think this is the game where Diggs you know, gets a little bit more on the uptick. And Thielen, again, they're going against a very, very tough defense in the Chicago Bears. This is going to be a gritty, grinded out, low-scoring game. Even at 38, I still like the under. I think this is a 13-17 game written all over it. Don't get me wrong. There's going to come a time in the game where you might sweat the under. But I think it still gets there unless you have a situation which occurred like on Monday. And Bum Juice Cousins is, is good for that. So is Mitch Bum. If you get an early pick six, you could say goodbye to that under real quick because that means there's too many points on the board and not enough time. And that's exactly what happened on Monday. I liked the under on Monday. I didn't take it. I did like the under because I didn't think the the Redskins were going to be able to score. That's exactly what happened. But then the Bears let off the gas at the end of the game and the over wind up getting there. Uh, But it was also the fact that Keenum threw a pick six in the first five minutes. It was actually the first drive that the Redskins had. So I could see that happening in this game where there's a big, you know, fumble recovery and a scoop for a run back, something like that. I feel like there's going to be a defensive touchdown in this game because both quarterbacks are turnover prone. I like the Vikings, though, with the points, and I like the under. As far as fantasy players, you can't not start Dalvin Cook because he's the number one rated fantasy running back. But you got to know he's going up against the best defense. They're really good. 
But I would say Hakeem Hicks is hurt, but they said they still think he's going to play. He's one of the reasons why they're so good up front, that they can stop the run. It's not just Khalil Mack. They have a, <laughs> they have a few all-stars across that, that front four in that defensive line. It's not just him, but he does make everybody else better. I'm with you on that. Go ahead. You looking something up? Actually, I was. And um, right now, the Minnesota Vikings have the seventh rated defense in fantasy football. So you got the number one rated defense and the seventh rated defense. I mean, you can't ask for anything. One plus seven, that equals under. <laughs> I don't care. You know what that mean? sounds good to me. But man. again, keep in mind, this might be a game you might want to live bet. I'm not really a good live better. I haven't uh, found a good angle there. But it's it's tough. You know, I, I do live bet here and there, but as overall, my overall record. Uh, I don't know. I don't even track my live bets. I just keep them in as regular wagers because I, I track every single bet I make. But um, I need to keep my live bets separate so I can kind of see how I'm doing. That's people. That's why you track your bets because if you're not doing good, you need to stop. Right. You know what I'm saying? And if I'm not doing good at live wagers, I need to stop. One thing I don't do good at, and I tell people all the time, I'm a terrible prop bet guy. Like you know, if someone's always going to have this many rush yards or that many, I do it for fun. Every once in a while, like I told you guys, I have like a fun account, you know, not an account, but like a bankroll just for fun bets. I throw $5 to win 75 bucks on, you know, Daniel Jones getting a rushing touchdown. Right. And sure enough, they'll be on the goal line and they'll hand it to Elijah Penny or something uh, Will like Will Goldman. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, point is here, though, that might be a live game, a live bet you want to take because I think if there's an early turnover – and the field position is beneficial for one team more than the other, I think that under is kaputs. All right. I got to, that's all I got with this game here. Um, last thing, actually, before I say it, I don't like none of the guys on the Bears' offense. Sit them all. Don't play them. None of them. None of them. I kind of agree with oh, you. Oh, look at that. Somebody's going to get the ball, though. I would yeah, go, somebody. I, I, kind of, I would go with Allen. Yeah, Taylor Gabriel on everybody, and nobody's roster is going to get three touchdowns. That's what's <laughs> Allen exactly Robinson. What's and David Montgomery. That's about it. All right. What we got next? Next up, the one and two Jacksonville Jaguars at the zero and three Denver Broncos. The total thirty nine points, and Denver is favored by three points. Well, what do you got, Vince? Um, initially, I like Jacksonville plus the three. However, Jalen Ramsey missed practice. I don't know what's going on with him. He asked for a trade, and now he, what? What? You don't know what's going on with him? He's being funny. It is one of the funniest things in the history. He called out sick. He's he's joking around. Oh, I didn't know that. I I thought he, I didn't even see. That's why it's good we got each other, bro, because I just saw him miss practice. I didn't know why he called out. He called out sick. He used a sick day? Yes, he wants to get out of Jackson. He called him. He's like, I feel like I got flu symptoms. That's really. Look at that. It was so funny. Do he's they, like, he's like, maybe I'll come to practice. Do they got PTO? No, they don't have PTO, man. Okay. They don't care about none of that. Uh-huh. He's not showing up. And he's like, uh, and today it changed. So Monday he was sick. And then today he's like, my back hurts. He like, uh, it, I don't want nothing to do like, with the Jacksonville Jaguars for gaziness. That's, that's exactly what's going He changes it by the day about his injury because he wants to be traded and he's causing them problems. That's uh, cool with me. It's um, so funny. I want no parts of that then. <laughs> so like I was saying, initially I like the Jacksonville Jaguars, but with all the hoopla going on, um, I do like Gardner Minshew and the mustache though, however. Listen, <laughs> it's not just everybody's in you know the Gardner Minshew fan club right now. Um, I'm a big fanboy of him, so to say. But it, you know what it was, man? It was after the game. I listened to the kid talk, and he just was real down to earth. Like I, I just he was like if 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 Baker Mayfield was 
something and he was the other thing. You know in the cartoons where you see the, the cartoon character and they got the devil on one shoulder yes. and the angel on the other? Yes. Gardner Minshew was the angel. Don't get me wrong. He's not Tim Tebow. You know what I'm saying? But And, and Baker Mayfield's the devil. Right. They're just like polar opposites Like where Baker Mayfield's so... Um, you know, like his bravado brash. and brash and, yes. and very cocky, where this kid was very humble. You know, he used God a few times in his sentences. I like that a lot. His family was down there. He's from the down south. He had a real rough road where he played it in a JUCO school, won a national championship, by the way, at a junior college. He was good. So this guy's a winner. You know what I'm saying? Then he went to ECU, said he got booed off the field there. Okay, they booed him off the field and then went up to Wazoo and played with Mike Leach and did well. Loved so him. Uh, um, Mike Leach was like, why, why wouldn't he be good at yeah. quarterback? Because like, they after his first game, he came in and they had an interview with Mike Leach. And he's like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he, like to Mike Leach, he's like, I expected him to yeah. be pretty good. So, yeah, you man. know. <laughs> so I, I like this kid, man, and I root for him. But it, Denver's a tough place to play. They're going from Florida to Denver. It's not an easy trip. The altitude. Um, I don't like the spread, though, with three. But you know what? Denver, Denver's just, they just don't have it figured out yet. And uh, I think this is the week they do because I'm not sold on Jacksonville yet. And even though I, I'm, I'm rooting for Gardner Minshew as a fan, listen, the Denver defense is going to get clicking. And they're going to get clicking against this rookie quarterback. I don't think there's enough firepower. Fire! I don't think there's enough firepower on the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this game. So, initially, give me the Denver Broncos minus tree. What you got? Bryce Callahan is out for this game. Oh, no. My boy Bryce isn't playing he's still. He's not playing. He's Jeez. out. His he status is out. Jawan James, their, their tackle, out for the game. Oh, wait does any of that matter? It does matter. But uh, maybe I'll wait. You know what I mean? Because I know a few people already like Jaguars. So uh, I've heard the the buzz. So maybe I'll wait and maybe I get a two and a half. Uh, this is don't get me don't get it twisted. This is a game I'm not betting on. I'm not I'm not opening up my wallet, but you know, I'm gonna tell you guys a side and total on every game. You know what I mean? And give you an indication of which one I like the best. I definitely like the under in this situation. Right. Thirty eight and a half. But listen, there's been so many unders. I told you guys the unders have been hitting at a at a high clip. The overs are coming. And, and so that's why I'm hesitant on a lot of unders right now. This is going to be eventually a stay away game for me. But if I'm picking a side, I like Denver Broncos minus three. But continue. I think those unders hold for this week. After this week, I believe that's when they come. It okay. takes four weeks for I, I've been telling y'all it takes four weeks at least for an offense to get into a rhythm. This is who we are. This is what we need to do. This is what we want to do. This is our identity. And they're going to start getting that after this week is done. And then we're going to start seeing some of those trends changing that we've been talking about here. As far as fantasy is concerned, fantasy is concerned. DJ, DJ Shark, it seems to be our Chark. I don't know if I have a Shark, Chark. But DJ Chark seems to be the guy that he loves. But I will say, we talked about it in, in the week three recap where you were saying that he seems to be the number one guy. I wouldn't say that. I just feel like D.D. Westbrook needs to catch the football. He had five catches. For, I hope so. I got him on my bench in one league. I for 46 yards. But if he just catches the football, that's eight catches. That's probably another 30 yards and another touchdown. So D.D. Westbrook, is, is he's getting open. Gardner Minshew is getting him the ball. He just needs to catch it. He had a really bad week last week. I hope Gardner goes back to him and gives him another chance. I think you, you have to start. Fournette, I don't know what else you're going to do. I have Fournette. I don't have a better option than him, so I'm going with him in this game. And I'll take all the receivers. Well, Jalen Ramsey is going to be playing. He's just making jokes right now. Okay. But he is going to be playing in this game this weekend like he played last weekend. 
whoever he's on, stay away from that guy. <laughs> Not that we I can think, predict that. No, I hear what you're saying. And I think Emmanuel Sanders might be that guy that he is on. Right. But uh, Emmanuel Sanders is a very good wide receiver. He had a real bad game. And he came out and said he didn't play well. And it sucks to be on a losing team. So I think that's going to have, have him fired up a little bit. And, and you could get some uh, production from him. I have him in one of my leagues. So I'm hoping I could get some production from him. Uh, hopefully... Jalen Ramsey doesn't play either, but like you said, he think he does. Uh, maybe you could shoot him a text for me and find out, so I know if I could start Emmanuel Sanders or not. He's just preserving his body. That's I got ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, what are you doing about this uh, running back core here for the Denver Broncos? You starting both of them? What's going on here? Because I'm seeing them both getting about the same snap counts, where it's uh, maybe like 48 to 52 percent towards Lindsey. But uh, what's your take on Royce Freeman and Phil Lindsey? Almost every league I'm in, they're both starting on one team or another. I don't want anything to do with them. I don't want them touching my team. I don't want them near my team. But if you have them, you play them. Okay. And then what about... Uh, Well, you know what? I said that too fast, though, because the Jacksonville defense gives up only 90 yards a game rushing. Mm -hmm. That's a low total. This is a really good defense, even without Jalen Ramsey. He's not really there to stop the run. That's not what he's there for. That front seven is there to stop the run, and they are very good. Calais Campbell is one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen in my life, and he sounds like a jolly giant And when you hear him talk. Mm-hmm. And, but he is 6'7". He's 300 pounds. They're great. If you, if you have better options, I'm going to be saying this all year long, every single time. If you, have a, if you feel like you have a better matchup than Philip Lidsey and... Royce Freeman versus this defense, you go with the better option. But if you don't, you got to ride with somebody. And they and I feel the same way. No, I don't want to. I don't mean to cut you off, but no, I do. I understand because I got Leonard Fournette, and I do not want to play him. But I don't have a better option, right? So I'm going to roll out Leonard Fournette and just hope for the best. Let's see. <laughs> hopefully, you know he has that one run that he did last week for 60 yards, and hopefully he finds a way to get into the end zone. But I feel you. And listen, people, that's what Kevin's saying. Look at your lineup. See, is there a better matchup somewhere else? And if it's not. You're going to go with the better player. At the end of the day, just because they're playing the best defense or the better defense doesn't mean they're not going to be elusive. They're not going to be able to get a touchdown or get or, or accumulate a solid amount of points. Dalvin Cook is right now the best fantasy You're running back. You're reading my mind. He's the best fantasy running back. And he potentially could be the best running back in the NFL today. We're just saying off of the, you know, the right. statistics. He's playing the best defense. That doesn't necessarily mean he's not he's going to get shut down. One of them the Bears defense or Dalvin Cook will win. Somebody's going to stop somebody or maybe or not. Or gain on somebody, exactly. but we get what you're saying. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm starting Leonard Fournette even though I'm not happy about it. I'm going to peruse my roster to make sure that there's nobody else I could start. Um, and I hope, I'm trying to get rid of Leonard Fournette actually in all my leagues because uh, I'm not a fan. I just had to pick him because that was the best available at that spot. I got nothing else on this game, Kev. I'm going with the Broncos minus the Trey. And uh, I'm going to take the under 38 and a half on this one. What about you? I'm hopping on the plus side okay. with Gardner Minshew in this game. Okay. Um, maybe uh, maybe there's something we could work out on this one. I, I'm still, I'm still what would in the you ho- like to do? I'm still in the hole. I stole your protein shake. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But maybe, maybe we'll figure something out off air here and, and then put it up for uh, social media purposes. What about a pre-show breakfast? I'm with that. Do you have a diner that's closed? I do. I have the, I mean, I'm not going to promote them because they don't give us no money, but <laughs> there's one right around the corner from here that's banging. I love omelets. Okay, let's go. We, I got you. How about we do that? I okay. got Denver minus tree. You got Jacksonville plus three. Pre-show breakfast on the loser. Deal. Okay, last game. I don't need you to look it up. I'll do it. 
Kev's Got over it. here playing around. I was, think, I was thinking about I was like, omelets. Like, literally, <laughs> I, I I was thinking of a sausage and cheese omelet, an egg white omelet. He's, with some he, he's toast. over here eating a microphone. <laughs> I'm so hungry right now. It is unbelievable. But go ahead. You do the we're, last one. We're on a home stretch. So, Sunday night football. Dallas Cowboys at Nolan Saints. Dallas minus tree. Total 47. Kev, what do you like? I don't know what to say about this one. It's a tough one, <laughs> Oh, right? my gosh. Yeah. When these good teams get up against each other, you yep. just never know what's going to happen because then, then you start looking at, all right, who's home? It looks like you know, New Orleans is at home for this game. Home field does matter. We don't know if Dallas is good yet. They played Miami. They haven't played any great teams yet, so you don't know who's Giants, good. Redskins, and the Dolphins. The New Orleans was a combined one and eight record. <laughs> That's not very good. Well, New Orleans got tested last week with the Seahawks. They went up against a decent team. They came out on the plus side. They won straight up, even though they went into the game as a dog. I don't even know what to say. I, I don't know who to pick, man. I, I will talk about fantasy for a second, though. You start everybody. I, like, as simple as that. Everybody except for Jared Cook. You go with Kamara. You go I'm, with Mike right, Thomas. Right now, me and him aren't on speaking terms, by the way. Uh, not at all, Me and Jared bro. Cook, we're not talking I'm right still now. riding with him because I don't have a better option. I had Jimmy Graham That's on the bench. because you got a gallon of vodka over there instead yeah. of water. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> I just picked up Trey Burton, and I can't stand his quarterback. We all know I'm not a fan of the guy that throws to Trey Burton, Mitch Bum Trubisky. But I'm starting him over Jared Cook because I'm – Pissed at Jared Cook right now. I don't have any other play. Oh, yo, he killed me. Yawning into the mic. Yeah, That's he awful. Killed me in my other league, man. One point <laughs> six points or whatever. He's I had one point seven. Oh my god, <laughs> he's terrible. But go ahead. You sit Jared Cook. Of course, you start Kamara. Of course, you start Michael Thomas. I think Teddy Bridgewater is good enough. Kamara doesn't matter. He functions on his own. He'll get the ball out of the backfield. He'll get a few checks downs. I think Michael Thomas still has the value he always has. He'll get open. He does rely on a lot on the accuracy of Drew Brees because he's not a game breaker. He is a guy who just chips at you. He's annoying. He picks up 10, 15 yards and he just he's just so annoying and he does it consistently. He's a great route runner. So you keep him in the game. Dallas, you start everybody. You start Zeke, you start Amari Cooper, and you start Dak Prescott. I think they're gonna put up some points in this game. I kinda like I don't like over unders, but I feel like this one might hit it. Or maybe it's one of those grungy games because I feel like the Saints are gonna start playing that style now that Drew Brees is not there. What are your thoughts? Oh, I got a trend for you. I'm waffling. Well, maybe this will stop the waffling here. Okay. So, unders are 24 and 10 on the road with the Dallas Cowboys since 2015. So, this is a four-year trend. Um, This was 24 and 9 as they played their one road game uh, this year against the Washington Redskins. But that game went over. Um, I think this could be a grind-out game. Last year, these two teams played, and Dallas won this game 13-10. to And Dallas was the underdog as well, uh, so they won outright. In this situation, woof, woof. Give me the home dog plus Trey. I think I saw Teddy Bridgewater do enough for me where I think that they could cover this game. However, I feel like Dallas could pull this one out might be a 23-20 to 20 game, you know, a 20-17. to 17, But I'm going to get three points with the home team. I'm going to take it. At worst, I'm looking at a push. 
I want to see what Dallas is made of. I want to see if they could beat a real good team. The Saints beat a good team on the road without their quarterback. They played the Rams and lost their quarterback in that game and lost the game. And they pulled out a gritty win week one against a solid team in the Texans. This is going to be this is a good Sunday night football matchup overall. I'm not going to make a bet on this game. If I do, it's going to be toward, it's going to be the under. I'm not picking a side here because I want to see who's for real. But I do lean towards the home dog with the three points. As far as starting everybody, I agree with Kev. There's no way you're sitting Kamara. There's no way you're sitting Michael Thomas. Maybe you're in a situation where you're starting Teddy Bridgewater, and I don't think that's necessarily horrible. I don't think um, so either. But Dallas's defense is nothing to 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 slouch at. Yeah, ex- that's what I'm trying. I was trying to figure They're out. Good. The word. They're good. They're good. Dallas's defense is good. Their offense looks good. Um, there's nobody on this team aside from maybe Randall Cobb that you might want to sit down, and that's really uh, up in the air also because he is their second option. You right. know what I'm saying? Aside from maybe Jason Witten, where you got. Amari Cooper, Jason Witten. I think Jason Witten is actually the second option, and he's actually one of my wittits in our Fantasy Frenzy episode. Go ahead and check that out, y'all. We get, You know who to sit and start, and our terminology is witted or against it. Absolutely. That's all I got with uh, fantasy aspect and my betting angle. Anything else you got on this one? The only thing I'll say is I don't know if Randall Cobb is going to be the second option. It may be Zeke in this game. That's true, too. When you're you're playing such a good team like this, a lot of times it might have to be some check downs. The Saints like to bring a lot of pressure uh, up the middle there to the quarterback. So I will say sometimes maybe he's the second receiver in this game, but I don't think it affects. I think you you can still start Randall Cobb this week at a flex position and still still feel pretty comfortable about moving forward with this game this weekend. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I don't know. I have I'm no not clue. picking a side here. This is going to be a good game. Like I said, I lean towards the under of 47 points. Um, but as far as picking a side, I'm not doing it. These are two good teams, and I want to see which one's better. And uh, I can't wait to watch. It's that's so it. Much that, fun. That's it there. And um, I mean, that pretty much wraps up our our uh, week four preview. Okay. Um, is there anything else we got? That's all I got. I hope you guys enjoyed it. You can find me at biggestboss seventy six. On Instagram and Twitter, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Apple iTunes. Soon to come, Google Play Podcast will be up there. We're just waiting. Everything is in. We're just waiting for them to come through. With that, where can they find you, Vinny Goombots, and where... Where can they find the podcast? The podcast, you can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at the First Pick Pod, and you can find me... At Vinny Goombots, V-I-N-N-Y-G-O-O-M-B-O-T-S on Instagram and on Twitter. But like I always said, ain't nothing on Instagram for you guys to find me doing (laughs) other than what I ate for dinner that night. Twitter is where you're going to get all my sports content from. But we appreciate you guys listening tuning in to episode 15 of the week four NFL preview. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you got some good outlooks on your betting angles and some good fantasy matchups. Have a good week. I hope you win. Good luck.